Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Level Up, the esports and gaming show with me, Nathan Bliss, esports and gaming writer at Reach PLC. In this week's episode, I spoke to Scrub Killer and Nolly, two of the best professional Rocket League esports players in the world, who have recently signed for Guild Esports. They told me how they got into Rocket League, how long it took them to get to a pro level. We discussed Rocket League as an esport, how they deal with fame, why they signed for Guild Esports, the pull of David Beckham, the importance of nutrition and well-being, their Rocket League Championship Series hopes, and much, much more. Hope you enjoy. professional Rocket League esports players at Guild Esports Scrub Killer and Nolly how are you guys doing? Yeah I'm doing fine man doing fine too Good really good to have you both you guys on um, you're the first professional Rocket League esports players we've had on so really excited to talk to you uh, but before we uh, start really just in case uh, anyone's been living under a rock or doesn't know what uh, Rocket League is um, Scrub do you just want to explain what Rocket League is uh, as a game as an esport? Yeah I mean uh, Rocket League basically is just football with cars you have to score more goals, I mean, than the opponent to win. Uh, so it's really easy to understand. But it takes thousands and thousands of hours to become really good at You make it sound so simple. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's, it's actually really difficult. But yeah, it's really simple too. <laughs> Let's uh, just go through your kind of early careers then, if we could. So uh, starting with you, um, Scrub, if, if we could. Just give me an idea of your early kind of career with games and stuff. When did you first become a gamer? Uh, I mean, play games all my life because like, my dad always played games, so... Um, this thing runs in the family, but uh, I also played the game before Rocket League on the PlayStation called Sarb. Not many people played that game, but it's made by the same developers. So I played that for like six years and then Rocket League came out and I just seen it on Steam. So I started playing that. So yeah, I've been playing games my entire life. And what about you, Nolly? Uh, the exact same as Scrub. My dad introduced me to games since I was like three or four on a PlayStation 2. I think it might have been like FIFA. And then from then on, I just played games. Have you both been really talented gamers right from the right from the get-go? Or was it when you found Rocket League or when you found the game before Rocket League, did you just discover that that was a game that you were both particularly good at? I mean, yeah, with Rocket League, you know, I knew I was good at it as soon as I started playing it. So I just kept playing it here I am today. <laughs> and what about you, Nolly? When my friend showed me Rocket League, I weren't really good at it. And I actually didn't like the game at first. So it took like uh, maybe 200 hours for me to enjoy the game. When did you both realise that you could potentially become professional in terms of like, were you beating everyone that you're coming up against? Were you, was no one beating you online, for example? When I started playing, I won my first like 36 games in a row. So I was already pretty good at the start because I played the game before. And I got to the top level really quick in like one or two months, so... Yeah, I always knew I was, I was really good. I didn't really get good until maybe like 2,000 hours in. And that's where 
I started winning a lot of games in a row, but before that, yeah, I wasn't really the best. And when did you realize that you could potentially become a professional at it? What, what was the first stage of your esports career? I can say, I mean, like, later these players called Pashi and uh, this player called Stocky. But that, that was only like three weeks after I got the game, I think. It wasn't even that long. Already after like a few weeks, I was playing competitive, so I really quickly got into it. Yeah, and for me, I um, I was competing in like small tournaments for like fifty pounds and stuff each week. And then once I won a few of those, that's when I took it more seriously. So, Scrub, just go back to you for a sec. So, you you knew you were good anyway, but when did you realise that you could be a professional player? Was there a particular moment where like your your first esports teams are kind of coming to you and wanting to sign you and that kind of stuff? I mean, uh, yeah, definitely. Everyone wanted to play with me, but when RLCS got announced, I was like 13, so you have to be 15 years old to play in it, so I had to wait like two years to play with the team. And what did both your families think when you went to them and said, I want to be a professional Rocket League player? What was the reaction from both your families? I mean, they supported me the entire time. I mean, I even left school and they supported me. And they said they would do the same. So, yeah, they supported me the entire time. So there wasn't uh, any occasion before that where they were kind of stopping you playing or anything like that, like trying to stop you gaming? No, not really, no. It's easy for kind of our generation, isn't it, to look at this as a career because it's it's well known now that esports can be a long career for people. But I suppose for the older generation of people, particularly like parents, they might not be as understanding about the career at all. I was just wondering if there was any any kind of uh, <laughs> any difficult conversations at all. But it sounds scrub like your parents are kind of on board straight away. Did they just know how good you were from such an early age? I mean, I guess. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I was like 13, so I don't need to get a job at 13. So, I mean, what else am I going to be doing all day? I mean... I just came up from school and played. It's not like I didn't do good in school and stuff. Was that a big decision for, for you and your family or was that kind of made up before, really? I mean, I probably made the choice like five months before. It's the best choice I've made, so. But I mean, my dad literally said that he would do the same thing as me, so. And what about you, Nolly? When was the time when Rocket League became the number one priority in your life? It was when I first made RLCS. I was on a salary, like so I was getting money each month and my parents saw that I was spending a lot more time on my computer so they'd usually like not interrupt me when I'm in practice or something or let me have my time instead of like casually just coming in because they saw it as an actual job now. I wanted to ask you both as well because it, it must be really strange going from being good in your bedroom and playing games and all of a sudden being thrust into the limelight and becoming like famous as esports players and you've got thousands of followers on Twitter, you've got people watching you on Twitch, you've got people watching you in tournaments. How did you deal with, with that as opposed to just playing by yourself? You don't really wake up overnight and you just got like a million fans. I mean, you have to build up over time, you know. I'm not bothered, you know. Like, I, like it could be a million people watching and it's not going to really change the way I play. I mean, I hope so at least, I mean. So I just got to play my game. But yeah, I mean, I haven't, having fans and stuff, it's really good. I can cope with the spotlight, so. What about you, Nolly? I'm pretty new to the scene, so sometimes pressure does get to me in, like, intense moments. But recently I'm becoming more relaxed with experience. It's been um, a key theme over the different podcast episodes we've had, talking to different esports players from, from different games, that even though obviously you can be skilled at an esport and you can be one of the best in the world, a lot of it comes down to the mentality and how you react to setbacks, uh, much like traditional sports, if you want to call them out, like football and, and cricket, etc. How much of a percentage do you think is the mentality rather than the skill, Scrub Killer? Yeah, it is, it is like a, a lot of mentality. I mean, like, you want to like win the World Championship, I mean, you're going to need to have an amazing mentality. You just need to... Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of players 
pretty bad mentalities, holds them back quite a lot. Obviously, you need mechanics and stuff as well, but I mean, even if you got the best mechanics, I don't think you're even going to do that well. So I think it's really imperative. What about you, Nolly? I mean, in order to be the best player in the game, you've got to be open to like criticism and stuff. And that's why coaches are a key factor in winning teams. Like Gregan, who we have now, since he's joined the team, we've been playing a lot better and we've been gelling well as a team compared to before he was there. I do think a lot of it is about mentality. I'd say it's like 50-50. It's like traditional sports, right? The, the best team or the best player doesn't always win. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's who handles the occasion better. From yourself, Scrub, where did you kind of get that mentality from? Is that is that something that you've had to build over your younger years? It's not, I'm not bothered about anything around me. I mean, it's just like, uh, I'm not going to play different depending on who's watching this stuff and normally the more pressure the better I play because maybe the more focused I am but you know I mean there's a lot there's a lot of pressure on every player to perform but as long as you put in the hours and you got a positive mentality and you, you know you just put in loads and loads of hours and you should be able to perform like every single time right so it's up to you not only do you think it's something that you've you, you're having to build up as your career goes on definitely I mean I've always been positive mentality player setbacks don't really hurt me too much I always learn from them and get better. Since the past year, I've gotten a lot better and I don't see me getting any worse soon. In every game you're, you're playing, you can't go, expect to go ahead in every single game you're playing. So it's about how you react to those things that, that come against you. But we see so often in, in esports, there are players out there in different esports that react really badly to going behind or uh, whatever the game is. I still get frustrated and stuff if I lost, but what's happened is what it is, right? So you can't just, <laughs> it's already happened. What's the point getting so neither but... I think it's normal to get frustrated after a loss, though, because if you aren't really bothered, then you've got no like emotional attachment to the game, so you're not really going to win if you don't have to drive. It's interesting to link back traditional sports all the time, because I suppose it's what some people listening might understand better than, than esports, but you don't often get the best players in the world who, in anything really, um, who aren't bothered about what they do and that, who are not bothered about losing, because it's an important part of any profession, isn't it? Winning, making sure you're performing at the top level all the time. So let's talk about Guild then. So um, why did you both decide to sign for Guild Esports over uh, all of the other esports organisations? That are out there. Well, we had uh, offers from other orgs as well, but we just went with Guild because we felt like we can achieve a lot with them in the future, in the next few years, and really develop and grow with them. So we're really excited. And obviously, David Beckham as well. As you obviously want to join David Beckham's team, right? <laughs> that must be a big pull. What about, about for you, Nolly? What was what was behind your decision to sign with Guild? Well, a lot of other teams came to us and they were making us believe that we needed them more than they need us. And when Guild came to us, they were saying how like we would be a priority and they're going to do everything possible to make us feel comfortable with them. And they told us about the academy structure. And obviously, as group said, David Beckham, it's a no-brainer to go with them. You talk about David Beckham. Just how big a draw was that? And have you spoke to him since you've signed for the organisation? No, I personally spoke to him, but I'm sure we're going to meet him soon. I mean, he sent us some gifts yesterday. I think he was watching us. So, yeah, we'll speak to the man, but... Yeah, I mean, it's just really great to be in Guild. I'm really happy that I finally get to be with a really good org again. So yeah, the future is looking really good. 
And what about you, Nolly? How big was David Beckham as a draw for, for signing for Guild? It was a really big factor. Like, it's David Beckham. Who doesn't know who David Beckham is? You know what I mean? There's organisations out there who've got kind of a, more of a history in esports. So I was just wondering, you mentioned how they made you feel like it was you were important to them. How important is that for an esports player to have an organisation behind you that fully support you? Oh, it's it's the perfect thing to do for gathering players. Like, no player wants to be told that they're not as important as they seem. So for Gil to come and tell us that they will do everything possible to make us the best we can be, once they said that, then I definitely wanted to go with Guild. And one of the interesting things about Guild Esports as well is their their academy, the side of things, and how it focuses on health and well-being and things. Um, how important do you think that is to uh, an esports player? Yeah, I mean, I think that's really important. Having an academy, it gives you a it gives you like a really efficient way to improve because it's like going to school, right? I mean, if you if you wanted to learn like loads of subjects and you were just sitting in your room then you might like not know what to do. But if you're getting told what to do by teachers, then sort of the same with the academy. So yeah, I think it's going to be really great for players, really great for building a community as well. And what do you think, Nolly? Well, Gold having David Beckham, he will have a hands-on role in the team development by the academy system. By him showing his football career, adapting his side of things to ours, then I think we will be taken more seriously because we can understand how professionalism works. Yeah, because in traditional sports, you've got hydration, you've got nutrition, you've got sleep. And we heard in, in our last episode with XL Esports co-founder that they spend a lot of time with that on their, their esports players, particularly sleep cycles and stuff. There's kind of nutrition and that come into, into your games at all? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, think, I think it is really important. I think for maintaining your being a pro player, it would be a really good idea to like start you know, changing your lifestyle. I mean, I think to actually stay at the top then. Nolly, have you have you had to kind of change your nutrition or anything like that in your esports career? Uh, esports didn't force me to change my like sleeping schedule or the way I eat. I kind of just did it by myself. Like I started to work out and eat less junk food, and I try and stay as healthy as possible. So I make sure to throw in some thirty-minute workouts in my room. Don't you get cramp in your hands and your fingers by playing so much, or is that something that you? No. No, you don't, because you played it so much. I suppose that's the exercise that you need. When I was playing like, Nintendo games, my fingers used to hurt, but controllers seem to like support your hands really well. Like even when I play keyboard games, it kind of hurts. But for some reason, that controller just seems to be fine with me. Unless you hold it in some really weird way, I think it's basically fine. Yeah. As long as your posture is good, you know, I think posture is really important. And as long as you're taking breaks like semi regularly, like at least like what, once an hour or something, would be good for breaks. Again more and stuff let's touch upon the coach then as well because that was a, a pretty major signing for the organisation as well yeah. Mike Gregan Ellis have you worked with him before Scrub? yeah I've in the past with Vitality we, he coached us and we won the World Championship so we got a lot of success so I mean hopefully we can repeat that how important is a coach for you in terms of when you're competing and what kind of role does he play? I think a coach is really important because um, when you're playing, you can lose sight of what's important sometimes. It may seem obvious, like you might think, oh, well, if they're a pro player and they're playing all day, then surely they have like a perfect understanding of everything. But because you're like so focused on the game, you're not thinking about the more analytical side, I guess. So it's really good to have a coach for that. And you can just, after every single game, you can just tell the team because he's been the guy watching. So you don't even have to focus on that, you just the coach focus on it. What has your experience been for coaches, Nolly, and how important do you think it is? Well, players usually can't see their own faults. So when Gregan came, it's like he told us what we were doing wrong and what we were doing well. 
sorted because in three one. So it was good to have a extra person, and also for like important matches when we're down by a few games or whatever, he's there to like bring our mentality back up. I was going to mention about that in terms of when you get frustrated, if something goes against you or if you lose a game, do you turn to him and express your frustrations on him, and he kind of takes it for you? I suppose it's like a sounding board sometimes. I suppose for you. When we play, we all express ourselves to each other, and Gregan's just there for feedback. For us, it's usually me, Scrub, and Tho who keep ourselves up. All I can hear is seagulls in the back there. I'm guessing. I'm guessing, Scrubby. Yeah, it's me. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. Quite nice, actually. Just on the coach, then, because I know in FIFA esports, um, they've just started letting the coaches actually sit with the players during tournaments and stuff. It's quite a recent thing. Is that is that something that they allow in Rocket League esports? If, you, if you're playing an actual tournament match, the coach just stands behind the players, and but they're only allowed to talk in between games. So I don't think it's like as involved as that, but maybe in the future when coaches are more even more widely used. What do you both think about the esports industry in general? Are there any other games that you that you're pretty good at that you think you could be a pro player at if it wasn't for Rocket League? Not really. I mean, Rocket League is only a game that I play, so. It's obviously going to be the game that I'm good at, right? So Yeah. What about you, Nolly? Probably CSGO. I'm quite high on no, that. No, no. You're like Gold Nova. I'm global elite. I'm the highest rank in CSGO. <laughs> I usually have to carry screw. <laughs> Definitely not. Do you feel like you have room to even play other games, like in terms of how much practice do you put into Rocket League on a daily basis, both? I'm like really gr- grinding the game quite a lot. I mean, it's probably got to be like eight hours a day every day but you know obviously I'm not playing I'm not going to play exactly 8 hours every single day of my life it depends one day could be 4 hours 5 hours one day could be 10 hours but 6 or 8 hours how often do you play Rocket League and how often do you try and kind of switch off and play other games Uh, once I'm finished with Rocket League for the day I usually play other games just so I could relax and take my mind off just focusing on Rocket League. And do, do you ever kind of play against each other in like inter-team tournaments just to kind of practice? Because spo- I suppose, I don't know if you if you play online, it might be kind of too easy for you in some ways. Do you try and play against other pro players to practice? I mean, uh, a lot, I mean, a lot of people are really good at the game, so I mean, it's still really good practice. I mean, if you never play online, then you're just going to fall behind. So yeah, I play quite a lot of ranked. We usually practice against other professional teams for like two to three hours a day. So that gets us... Um, in the mindset for like a tournament environment. And what are both of your future plans? I mean, obviously you've you've got the uh, Rocket League Championship Series coming up. Do you both think that you can become world champions with Guild? Definitely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I wouldn't wouldn't even play the game if I didn't think I could win the world championship. So yeah, 100%. Who do you think are your closest challengers? Mm, In Europe, uh, Vitaly. I don't even know. I think BDS are pretty good as well. Yeah, Vitaly or BDS for Europe. And then NRG looking decent in North America. Do you talk to other pros from different organisations and are you able to develop relationships in, in the esports or do you just keep to your own organisation? No, I mean, I've talked to a lot of pro players. I mean, yeah, I mean, everyone knows each other. Always going to be talking to pros. What about you, Nolly? Yeah, I talk to most pros, whether it be like um, we just play ranked together or we play other games together and let's talk about the game then Rocket League obviously it's only a few years old and it's already a major esport with significant investment in it do you think there'll be a sequel to the game or do you think there'll be a similar game that's better that takes because obviously we've got the next gen consoles coming out and all that stuff in the future do you think there'll be another one that's similar or there'll be a sequel I really doubt they'll make a sequel for the foreseeable future I mean the, the graphics don't look outdated to me I mean I don't even know what they would have to do. Maybe like an update to the 
like a graphics overhaul because like, CSGO did a graphics overhaul I, d- I don't think making Rocket League 2 would be a wise idea in, in any way they're just splitting the player base up so I doubt they're going to do that at least now do you think the game can be improved? Is there anything that frustrates you about the game at the moment? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things that can be improved, especially like uh, modern like in- integration because like people that make maps and stuff, they don't get that much support from Sionix. So maybe if Sionix did things that could incentivize people to like mod the game and do cool stuff, it'd be a lot better. What do you think, Nolly? Is there anything about the game that could be improved, do you think? I mean, there's always room for improvement. As the game itself, I think it's perfect as it is to play. As Scrub said, integrations for mods. The servers need fixed as well. Yeah, mm, need yeah, more so like training pack options. Need more uh, non-standard maps as well. So playing the game itself is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's obviously two um, young esports players within uh, the Rocket League um, esports industry. What advice would you give to like people listening who are really good at the game, who who want to make it pro? Is there is the kind of some tips that you give them? Obviously, because you're professional players. I guess for like being an esports player, I mean, just gotta work hard and just be dedicated. Like that's that's all like anything. That's literally anything, right? You just gotta do it over and over again a million times until you get good at. That's the formula for doing anything. So I mean, it's no different with games. So you just gotta put in the hours and just. I'd be like critical thinking as well because like a lot of it, a lot of improvements about mentality but I get you can still improve with like a bad mentality as long as you're a critical thinker and can like look at your mistakes obviously you need a good mentality in order to grow as a player I know a lot of players who have a lot of people saying positive things about them they usually grow an ego so that's like the main thing is you know stay humble because if you grow an ego you'll get kicks from your team and it won't work out well have you ever had that thing where someone asks you what you do and you have to explain that you're a professional esports player and you've had a bit of an awkward conversation. I mean, no, not really. I mean, people always think it's really cool. I mean, you get this really lucrative job. You get to travel the world. I mean, you get to play games all day. So sure, most people here, they're going to be thinking that they want to do that themselves. But yeah, I mean, sometimes maybe people are like, what? <laughs> it's always weird having to explain it to people, so yeah, I guess. For me, it's usually just my um, my family, distant family, who I have to explain it to. They don't really understand it because a lot of them are, you know, in the 50s, 60s. So I kind of have to show them videos and explain it to them thoroughly. We have had guests on before where they've had people say to them, like, why would you watch esports? But why would you watch football? You're watching it because you're watching the best players in the world who are performing at their best level. It's the same thing, isn't it? Exactly. When I first showed my dad Twitch, he was like, why on earth would you want to watch people play games? But then, you know, he's watching Twitch all the time. So, you know, he's pretty like you change your mind pretty quick. But I guess the natural presumption that you would make would be like, why would you want to watch a game? Yeah, I mean, it's just entertainment. You watch anything, so why not watch a game? Exactly. And Nolly, what what do you think about that? I can see where they're coming from because they don't really understand it. But if you enjoy something and you put a lot of time into it, then of course you're going to want to learn from the best. So that's what I did at first. Well, you watched like better players than you on Twitch or... Twitch, yeah. yeah. Like I used to watch Screw. What do you feel like now? Obviously, you're playing with the person that you were watching. Is that a bit weird? At first, it was, yeah. Because I wasn't ever going to think I'd be at this level. Now I'm used to it. He's just, he's just Kyle to me, you know. 
just wanted to finish off really by talking about esports in general. Like obviously, over the last few years, it's it's got bigger and bigger, and obviously, over the last few months, um, it's probably because of everyone spending more time indoors. It's probably gone more mainstream than ever, and it's probably advanced a few years in terms of what it would have been if we we wouldn't have had this lockdown in the UK. How big do you think esports will become over the next few years? Do you think it will just keep growing and growing? Yeah, of course. Definitely. I mean, we know in the Western world, I mean, it's not like people are going to stop watching sports and stuff, obviously. I mean, like, obviously, if some people watch esports, some people will watch sports, some people will watch both. As it's growing right now, it's increasing by, I think, 20% each year or 30%. So I don't think it's going to stop growing for a while and eventually it could even take over traditional sports that would be an incredible thing to see but I think we saw it in with um, obviously at the Fortnite World Cup last year I think the um, Booga the, the guy who won the solos he won more prize money at that tournament that Tiger Woods did for winning the Masters I think I'm right in saying that which is, is an incredible thing. I don't know much about the Rocket League prize money in terms of tournaments and stuff, but how far do you think it is from that level or is it close to that level at the moment? Nah, I mean, Fortnite, Fortnite's like, biggest, probably the biggest game in the world. I don't know, maybe, maybe it's not the biggest game in the world anymore, but I mean, it was for a long time. So, I mean, Rocket League's never been the biggest game in the world. Like, Fortnite started just at the top already. Some games, they, they, they start at the top because they're like AAA and it's like epic games, but Rocket League kind of had to build itself up more. So, I think Rocket League could be the biggest game in the world, and I think it should be the biggest game in the world. So, yeah, I mean, it's going free to play, so that's definitely going to do big things. I think you have to wait a few years. It'll be satisfying if Rocket League was like a quote unquote tier one esport. Because like, there's different tiers of esports and Rocket League's not big enough right now to be in tier one. So yeah, it'd be nice if it was tier one. Rocket League definitely deserves to be up there. It's easy to follow. The viewer base keeps growing each time. And same with the player base. A lot of my friends and family who watch it, watch me play, they don't really have to ask many questions about it because they can kind of see, oh, orange team scored against the blue team and vice versa. So I think give it maybe three or four years Rocket League will be up there. Just one more question to both of you, and I'm going to go really basic here because um, it just occurred to me the more people listening who never played Rocket League before as a game. So just from from both of you, for someone who, who's never picked up a pad or a controller and, and played uh, Rocket League before, what is the one tip that you give them to kind of focus on as part of the game to, to get better quickly? That's a good question. Um, in terms of mechanics, it's going to take like... Thousands of hours of repetition just to get like even your head around the mechanics. So, I mean, can't really give advice for that, but you know, just uh, just being smart and using your positioning to gain an advantage over the opponent. So, when you start playing the game, you jump into ranked, you just got to try and figure out like where to put your car at the right time, where your car should be on the pitch in relation to the ball. So, that's like positioning. I think that's it's actually not that difficult. And like when you watch pro games, a lot of people say that they can like actually understand what the pro players are thinking. It's just they don't have the mechanics to pull it off. What do you mean by they don't have the mechanics to pull it off? Like the mechanics is like actually what your fingers are doing with the uh, sticks. You know what I mean? Like where, how you, how precise you are and like what what you're doing with the ball. Because like positioning's the way you look at the game, but mechanics is actually in the ball. It's difficult, you know, aerials and flicks and etc. It's really difficult. What about you, Nolly? What's the tip that you'd give to someone who's never played Rocket League before? I'd say just enjoy the game. If you've never played anything like it, 
just have fun because by having fun you will gradually get better at the game and then once you get to a certain level where you understand it properly that's when you should start focusing on the main stuff such as positioning mechanics and how to play around your teammates was that like me asking both of you like how to kick a football properly? Was that was yeah. it like that <laughs> much? Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's, it's kind of hard to teach Rocket League to somebody who's never played it. Learning how to kick a football is probably easier than learning how to play Rocket League. Uh, yeah. Thanks both of you for your time. It's been really good to chat to you and um, just wanted to wish you both luck with Guild Esports. Um, sounds like a fantastic organisation and obviously with uh, David Beckham behind it, I'm sure it'll do really well. They've got a top tier Rocket League team now for the Rocket League Championship that's coming up. So uh, I wish you all the best of luck with that. Thank you for having us. All right, I'll see you later. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Level Up podcast and esports and gaming show. Make sure you've subscribed to the podcast and follow us on social media at Level Up Pod. We'll be back for another episode very soon.